All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are right in the middle of a series on, I don't know, is apologetic? Apologetics is maybe the yeah. right? Yeah, yeah sure. Right. Well, witnessing, yeah. making a defense of the faith, evangelizing our neighbors. Um, on the show today, uh, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reform Church. I am one of your co-hosts, Josh Bales, uh, one of the pastors at The Well Boise. And then we have uh, two guest hosts today, uh, Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Paul Luer, one of the pastors I serve with at The Well. Glad you guys are here today. Always good to be here. So we were talking a little bit off air about just... Um, questioning, being better listeners, asking questions about the person in front of us. Um, I don't know if you, you've ever read it. You, you were a teacher. Well, you, you kind of are still a teacher now, but um, <laughs> Plato wrote this uh, great um, uh, dialogue called Euthyphro. Um, and it's kind of where we, we understand the Socratic method from where uh, Socrates is leaving uh, the court and, um, and he runs into this young man named Euthyphro and, and Euthyphro says, I'm going to go, you know, sue my dad for justice because he killed one of uh, our slaves. And I want you to know how impartial I am to justice. Cause I'm even bringing my dad up on this um, to court and Socrates just started asking him a series of questions. Well, what do you mean by justice? And the more questions that Socrates asked, the kind of the foolishness of Euthyphro's position was made clear. Um, and, and you were mentioning that, you know, one of the things that Jesus was a master at um, was asking questions. In fact, I was reading a book here recently where, where Jesus was just called the master catechesist. Like he's always uh, drawing out of the person right in front of us, uh, right in front of him, um, where they're at. Why don't you guys speak to that a little bit? What's the, what's the benefit of asking questions to the unbeliever, to the person that's right in front of us? We get to know uh, where they're at a little bit, who they are. I mean, it's not just, um, and, you know, as we were saying off air, it's not uh, just, you know, looking at them as kind of an object of we can engage in kind of this argumentation and putting them in boxes and checking off what we say. It's It shows a real concern, I think, for the, the person as a fellow image bearer of God, though they may be, though they're fallen. Um, and uh, uh, So it's not it's, just it's a tactic. Of, right. It's, it's, it's a like way to entering engage in. and getting to know them. So that you can better present the gospel where they're at. A couple of years ago, there was a book that came out called Tactics, um, and it was all of the Greg Kokel. Yeah, all of these tools to help with apologetics. And the I th- I don't have anything against the book actually. Um, so I just want that up, up up front. But sometimes we have in our head tactics in a negative sense. That it's not just tools in a toolbox where we we have to discern what the best tool is to use at that point. Um, we turn it into a flowchart. If A, then B. If C, then F. And um, we don't really treat them like a human being. We treat them like a, a project. Right. And, and that's really at the bottom of it. What we want to do in the apologetic encounter is to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we... Um, if we love our neighbor without loving them, um, without that, that's seeing a problem. them yeah. and hearing them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jesus said in Matthew five, at, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, look, um, my father causes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. So he's saying, be like 
my father. In fact, the way that the chapter ends sometimes is a stumbling block to people where it says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I don't know what you guys believe on that verse, but what I take that verse to mean is he's he's saying, imitate my father. The way that you imitate my father is by being um, loving both to uh, those who love you and to your enemies. And I, th- I think that's what Jesus means. Anyway, when we're, we're talking about asking questions to um, our unbelieving neighbors and friends and coworkers, um, again, I, I just, I just want to stress this point. D- don't put this as a, like a list in your head of, okay, this is how I can win people to Christ. Start with your, your first foot forward should be, okay, how can I best love the person in front of me? Mm. And if you're asking that question, then it'll come naturally. Well, I have to know them. Well, then that will spark you to then, hey, you know, tell me about yourself. You know, why, why do you reject Christianity? You know, why? Um, wh- what's your background with religion? You know, how were you raised? Um, how do you view the world? And like, don't don't wait for um, to, to pounce on the errors that you perceive it. Get to know the person. Um, as a parent, I just can look back. Um, my kids are pretty old now. And so I'm at the point now where I can pretty easily see all of the mistakes that Did I made. Did you say you were really old? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, and my kids have helped me see where I've made all these mistakes. <laughs> so gracious and kind of them. Um, but I think one of the mistakes that I made quite frequently as a parent is that I, I just, I rushed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I didn't pause long enough to really, truly listen and understand the moment. And I came in with guns a-blazing, and, you know, it's kind of like the movie um, Inside Out, where, has anybody watched this? It's about yeah. the emotions, and the, yep. he's going to put the foot down, right? and the, the dad comes in as the heavy. Um, and I just know that moment where I really wasn't attuned to what yeah. was going on. And I think some, so often we're so quick about, I've got to know the next thing I'm going to say that I stopped listening because, oh, I have the next thing I want to say. And then I, I, I was getting ready to jump in instead of allowing the person to fully develop their thought and to truly listen and yeah. hear them out. Yeah. Um, and so I think over time, you just learn a little bit more yeah. patience. Yeah, I think, I mean, when we say love your neighbor, we're not saying that in like a hallmark, sentimentally, you know, ambiguous way. The scripture like tells us how to love our neighbor mm-hmm. and there's very specific ways. In Philippians 2, it talks about, therefore, don't be concerned only with your own interests, but with the interests of others. Well, think about when you're you're entering into a conversation with somebody, how can you truly be concerned with the interests of others if you're not even taking the time to get to, what are you, are you an Amway salesman? Is that what Christianity is? I'm just going to sell you this product. Is Jesus just a product? No, mm-hmm. not at all. I used to, I, I still have an aunt. I have an aunt who has a checklist that she has when she's in conversations with somebody. And so she has in her head everything that she wants to talk to you about. And as soon as she's done with that list, she's done with the conversation. And if you bring up anything that's not on, on her mental list, she'll not engage yeah. and she'll just move on. And I've often thought of her and thought that's how so often we as Christians, I think, appear to other people like we have our agenda. And if if the unbeliever that we're engaging with doesn't fit it, we're just going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really felt like my aunt really loved me 
or cared about me um, because of this approach. And, I, and I've often thought about this as I interact with other people of, no, when I'm in a conversation with somebody, I have to be all in. Mm-hmm. I have to mentally set aside everything else. And I have to be all in in the conversation and say, okay, I need to really listen mm. and really be engaged with that person. Now, the, uh, oh, go ahead, Paul. No, go for it, bro. Uh, I, I would just, uh, one motivation for why we are to be engaged and to listen is um, I'm going through Titus and I'm in Titus 3. And uh, in the opening chapters, you know, he's telling. Um, Titus to teach everyone to be, you know, subject to the rulers, to be ready for every good work, um, to speak evil of no one, um, showing humility to all men. And then he says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy. So there's this, as we engage with those who don't believe that we need to come in it realizing, you know, it's, but for the grace of God, you know, this is where I was like, this is where I used to be. And God has shown us his love and grace and brought us out of that. And it's a desire to show love to them, to be used by God, to bring them out of that darkness as well. Yeah, That same truth is taught in Corinthians. You just went through it. I don't know if you want to talk to it. In 1 Corinthians 13? Yeah. Well, no, the whole idea of dealing with sexual sins. And then Paul Mm. comes back and says, and such were some of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget that we were just like that yeah not maybe the exact same sins sure but we were all all in darkness yeah oh yeah we were all outside of christ we were all lost mm-hmm. sometimes worse yeah <laughs> yep one one thing uh as we're talking about this just to keep in mind um and and josh preached on this uh within the last couple months but um in terms of trying to figure out have i really been loving to this person um just remember that the standard is not that person or their reaction, um, but the standard is is God's word. Um, God calls us to love according to himself and according to what he has said. And so just remember, Jesus was the most loving person who ever lived. Nobody loved their neighbor perfectly except Jesus, and yet it got him killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the apostle Paul was not Jesus Christ, but um, I think the scriptures show uh, that he is in so many ways a pattern to emulate and he was very loving and yet he got killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just know that in, in our day and age to actually love somebody will, co- will be costly. Mm-hmm. It will cost you relationships. Mm-hmm. It will cost you family. It will cost you dearly. Mm-hmm. And so we can't take the world's definition of what love is and then try and mold these things to make him comfortable or palatable to the world. Um, So just, you know, as we're talking about the importance of, of loving our neighbor and listening, well, we just have to remember that uh, what, what is, what is love? Yeah. And that chief example, you know, jumping on that is the sacrifice of Christ. God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that will yet sinners. Christ died for us. And then Christ's admonition to his disciples, as I have loved you, you love one another. Yeah. And that's uh, when we just stop and think about that, like it's self-sacrificial. It's a willingness to lay down our lives. Mm. Yeah. Speaking Mm -hmm. the truth in love won't necessarily make you be liked. That's right. I mean, there are times when my kids don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 
sometimes at the very moment where I'm being the most loving towards them, mm-hmm. where I'm holding them accountable and speaking hard things, but truthful things, and hopefully in a loving way. Um, my goal as a parent is not to be liked. My goal as a parent is to be faithful. Amen. And I think we've got to, as Paul was so beautifully saying, we've, we've got to hold on to that mindset of mm-hmm. what is our goal? Yeah. And our goal is to glorify God. Yeah. And we glorify God when we speak the truth and we do so in a way that bears his character. Yeah. Um, that we do it in a loving, gracious, and kind way, but we still speak the truth. Yeah. And that right. truth, as Josh said off the air, the gospel is offensive. Yeah. I like the illustration of, you know, a loving oncologist will mm. do whatever they can to help remove cancer yeah. from our bodies if it's there. Um, and that could be cause some great pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, oncologist who hates you will pat you on the back and say, Everything's hey, you're okay. fine. You're healthy. Yeah. Live life. Man, a lot of good stuff today. If you've missed these broadcasts, just go subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. Don't forget that coming up October 21st and 22nd, we have our annual Reformation Boise Conference. This year we have Dr. Joel Beakey and Dr. Derek Thomas. The subject is The Church. Is that what we're going with? Is that the title? Like no, nothing. I think there's a better title out there. Coming at some point. But the great reveal hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so go go make sure you register at ReformationBoise.com. It is for free. Don't want to miss this. It's a great event. Multiple churches are involved. You're going to hear great teaching, great fellowship, buy great books, eat some great food. So go register today, ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time.